Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Monday the 19th of December. I'm Derek Clark and I'm joined this morning by Joshua Barry. How are we getting on, Joshua? Good, yeah, Derek. Just um, still recovering from that game yesterday yeah. like everyone else, which was, it was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. We'll talk about it uh, shortly. Just before we do that, folks, uh, just your, your daily reminder, as ever, um, you can see the little ticker below. We've got our Christmas offer on the website just now. Lots of you taking advantage of it, so thank you very much for doing so, where you can get two months worth of coverage on the website for just £1. Uh, it's a cracking value deal. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And as you can see, the little banner on the screen as well, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel for free uh, and uh, you'll never miss uh, any videos when we go live uh, as well. Over uh, 10,300 subscribers now. So, uh, yeah, fairly racking up the numbers. So thank you to everyone who's uh, supported the channel um, and tuning in. Uh, right, let's talk uh, football, Josh. We'll discuss the, the match yesterday. What, what a final that was. I think it's uh, easily the best final World Cup final I've ever seen. Um, usually they're drab affairs, but and it looked like this one was going to peter out as well. I mean, Argentina racing into that two-goal lead, but Mbappe, of course, uh, with two quick-fire goals and then extra time was uh, exciting as well. Uh, just a cruel way. We all know about uh, uh, penalty kicks and how it's just such a, a cruel way to decide the game, um, but it had everything, didn't it? Um, Messi, of course, uh, winning the World Cup after so long. Mbappe uh, showing just what a, a quality player he was. Um, I, I had it all. It was a, a roller coaster of a game, wasn't it? It was. It was amazing. And in the same way that Argentina, when they conceded those two goals against the Netherlands in the, yeah. the quarterfinals, and you thought it feels like a defeat. I, I, I remember when Brazil went out and they conceded that late goal to Croatia, and you thought from then they're going to lose because they feel like they've already lost by conceding that late goal. But Argentina just managed somehow to to regain the momentum. Um, could have won, obviously, with that messy shot at the end. And then he had to win it. I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but everyone I was watching it with or was speaking with, everyone wanted Argentina to win it purely because of Messi. And I just thought it was so um, fitting the way he won it at the end. And who doesn't enjoy Emmy Martinez and penalty shootouts? I mean, that's just, that was entertainment in itself. But yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. The, the, the funny thing is, so many, I've got a lot of friends who maybe don't watch football who watch that game. And uh, that is probably, you know, I think that's an argument of one of the best games I've ever watched. So if you don't watch much football and you're, and you're coming in and watching that game as a final, that's a bit of a false representation of what you get every week. But uh, no, nah, it, was, it was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, we were. I, I was actually in a pub in Warrington with one of the uh, subscribers and good friend of the show, uh, Graham, who uh, sat with him, and we had a, a, a French woman with us as well. So we were we were sort of cheering on France uh, and went and for the final. But um, yeah, you can't deny uh, Messi and, and, and Argentina winning the competition. I think that they, they fully deserved it over the piece. Um, but yeah, a cracking cracking match. I think everyone was uh, was uh, delighted to watch Graham get in touch. Actually, it's great game yesterday. It was a furious Sunday. Absolutely was Graham, uh, and great to spend time uh, and and your company yesterday uh, alongside others. It was uh, yeah, a cracking afternoon had by all. Um, right, let's talk Rangers because that's why why people are tuning in. Uh, Joshua, uh, we've got a, a big game tomorrow night uh, against Aberdeen. Of course, the Michael Beale uh, era got off to a winning start uh, on Thursday. Um, I think they, well, they had to roll their sleeves up, Rangers, didn't they? It was a game of two halves, as Ryan Jack said afterwards. Um, this is going to pose all too 
just a different test, I think. Uh, we've seen at the weekend, Jim Goodman's side against Celtic just shutting up shop. Um, yeah. He has tended to do that against Rangers in the past. Um, what are you expecting tomorrow night, Joshua? <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because obviously when he came to Ibrox, as Aberdeen side came to Ibrox a couple of months ago, that was Rangers' best performance probably of the season up to that point. And Aberdeen really went for it. They were aggressive and, and that suited... Van Bronckhorst team who, you know, always struggled to set the tempo and looked pretty boring at times in, in domestic games. And against Aberdeen, they just had so much space. So it's interesting then that, that Goodwin goes for that approach at home. Um, will, he go, will he do the same thing with um, Rangers and Celtic both going to Pataudry within within a few days? I mean, I thought they conceded. I watched uh, some of the game, didn't watch all. I was trying to finish off my Christmas shopping, Derek, which I still uh, <laughs> managed. Um, but they allowed, you know, they allowed a lot of shots from areas where you theoretically feel, I guess, okay about conceding shots in that area. Obviously, then they concede um, that one in the end with Duke and I think it's Mayoski up front who both have scored. I think they've got twenty goals between them um, in the Premiership so far this season. Something tells me the approach might be a little different with it being a midweek game with uh, obviously Rangers having a new manager. And Michael Beale, um, but Beale obviously has experience of Pataudry. To my memory, I don't think him and Gerrard had the best record there. There was certainly a, a, a few draws that come to mind. Um, obviously, this time, uh, just almost this time last year, Rangers drew 1-1 there. Um, if they can go and get a win there and uh, set them up nicely for the trip to uh, Ross County, which is only two days later. So two really yeah. difficult away games, Derek. But again, to go back to this time last year, I think it was, it was Hibs and Hearts that Rangers played away from home with a new manager. And, and they got maximum points there, uh, and and you'd hope if you're Michael Beale that you've got um, Connor Goldson back fit and ready, and, and maybe Ben Davies as well, because the, the big takeaway from that game against Hibs was we just need some centre backs. If you're going to play a James Sands or a John Lundstrom there, I think it needs to be uh, next to a more conventional defender. So um, yeah, I, I'd expect one of them to start, given where they were this time last week. Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is this the, the rearranged game uh, yeah. when uh, the Queen died, wasn't it? When it was, yeah. it was called off, I think it was. So, yeah, not ideal heading up to uh, Pataudry and then Dingwall uh, in a matter of days, uh, especially over the Christmas time as well. It's um, it's uh, yeah, it's fairly testing to say the least. Um, let's get to some of the questions coming in here. Uh, Colin Cooper just touches on your point there, Joshua. Uh, so we're expecting Goldson and Davis tomorrow night. I think one has to play yeah. at least. Um, Goldson, uh, Michael Beale did touch on this on Thursday night. He's only had two training sessions. Um, well, he will, will have about, what, four or five by the time that this game comes around. Is that enough, though, to start a, a game of this magnitude? I think is it, that's that's a big thing. Davis, of course, came on in that game yeah. against Hibs, albeit it was just a cameo more than anything else. But um, I think Davis is the one that's more ready to play uh, than Goldson, I would say. Yeah, well, I can't remember the quote to hand, but Beale said something along the lines of they, they'd hope to kind of almost just get away with playing Lundstrom and, and Sands in the home game, perhaps, and then obviously with the, the couple of away games coming up before the old firm on the second, you want to have all your, your central defenders fit for then. So that makes me think that maybe Goldson, in a worst-case scenario, could have played. He, Michael Beale said that if you're Connor Goldson, you probably do want to play today, which I think shows you that he's ready. And, and we, we don't know, we always hear about a player's mentality when they're coming back from injury, Derek, and I guess how willing they are to go through certain pain uh, barriers. I don't know how healthy that is from a sports science point of view, but certainly Goldson. Um, I think he would play as, as soon as he's ready. And Davies came on towards the end of the game, um, which suggests that maybe he'd be ready for, for some minutes. Obviously, because he has been out the side so many different occasions, um, 
to, to, to my memory. It's not been one long injury that's kept Davies out. There's been a few different things. Obviously, missed the, the last game against uh, St Mirren, didn't he, before the, the, the World Cup break? And it was a, a very disrupted start to his time at Rangers. Uh, if I was to put money on one of them, I'd probably put my money on um, Goldson starting tomorrow. And as soon as Rangers have him back, um, you know, they'll have an ever-present in the defence, which is something without Goldson that they, they've really lacked. Obviously, Davies kind of stepped into that role for a bit, but given injury, he's been he's been in and out. Um, to get a settled centre-defensive partnership, I think, has to be one of the priorities of the next few weeks because Rangers haven't had that since, uh, re- well, really all season. It's been Sands in there, then it's been Davies in there, it's been King in there. Um, and King as well. Remember, he he uh, missed the game with a, a sickness bug uh, against yeah. Hibs. You'd expect yeah. that he'd be back as well. So part of me thinks it might just be um, a Goldson and King in there, depending on um, yeah whether whether Bill wants to to put Sands in the defence as well. Because although he was at fault for the second goal, obviously it's a kind of deflection on the ball that, that takes it through. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what Bill opts for tomorrow. Yeah, well, Connor Fleming gets in touch and says Leon King will be back in the team. Yeah, it was a sickness bug. You'd imagine that he's over that and back in contention. Uh, listen, there is a press conference today. Another question came in here um, from uh, Jim McCarroll. Is there a Bill News press conference today? There is, uh, Jim, this afternoon. Um, round about half one, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we'll, we'll get to speak to the manager, get an injury update, of course, and his uh, thoughts ahead of the game uh, tomorrow night. So uh, you can get all the, that reaction on the website as usual. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned to uh, our social media channels and the site for all that. Uh, Dave Fulton gets in touch. He says, uh, morning, I'm going to have to watch later. The gaffer is taking us out for a cooked breakfast. Wow. Fantastic stuff, Dave. Um, enjoy. I'm sure you will. And uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy the show when you uh, when you watch later on. And Graham Morrison, I missed, we were watching BBC yesterday, uh, Joshua, mm-hmm. so I missed this, but I've seen uh, people tweeting about it. Um, the Mbappe comment from uh, Super Ali was brilliant. Three goals, same player, all three over the line class. Uh, obviously, a little a little dig at Jeff Hurst's uh, hat trick in the, the 1966 World Cup final, but that is Ali McCoy. He's, he's, he's been absolutely sensational as a co-commentator, hasn't he? He's just, he's, he's the best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching the BBC and it was um, Gina San. What's, what's the main commentator's name again? Uh, Guy Mowbray. He's good. I like Guy Mowbray. Yeah, but the best, apart from uh, obviously Clive Tilsley, who everyone loves, Peter Drury. Uh, yeah, I think he's he was working in the Middle East commentary maybe, but I listened back to his one being sports. Yeah, I listened back to his um, after me, the, the the winning penalty, and, and that was pretty good as well. But yeah, Alan Coist on Cocoms, unrivaled, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, amen. Um, lots of co- comments coming in. I wanted to get your, 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 your this is a bit left field, uh, Joshua, but of course, uh, transfer window coming up next month. Uh, uh, Stevino Cadinho gets in touch. Guys, Solomon Rondon on a free thoughts. I take him as our battle, uh, battering ram, uh, has Kuzan vibes all over it. Uh, Solomon Rondon, would you, uh, would be happy to see him pitch up at Ibrooks, Joshua? Wouldn't be top. Wouldn't be top of my January <laughs> wish list, uh, Derek. Um, I mean, obviously, in all in all seriousness, Beal now you'd imagine that um, he has been through that assessment stage or is towards the end of the assessment stage of the squad, and and uh, the the thoughts will already be looking towards the the January market. And one of the interesting aspects of that is that the roles have slightly changed. You know, Rangers are going back to not needing a right winger probably because it looks like domestically they're going to be playing with that free number 10 and, and two forwards and which I actually thought on a, on a side suited fashion Zakala quite well 
one of the things that was included in the, the pieces we did after the game was that shot he takes at 1-1 and it's kind of overshadowed because obviously Rangers go up and concede that goal seconds yeah. after. Um, but it's not a high-value shot. He's forced onto his left foot. He's got three players inside. That, that That's the type of goal for me that you score when you've got ex an extra goal scorer on the pitch. And when Rangers have played a front three with a Ken, who isn't a huge goal threat, Morelos, who hasn't hit more than however many, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's averaged maybe 14 goals in the, the SPFL since he arrived. And an, an extra player in there, there's a big difference if you have like a Cholak or a Roof or a Sakala who has that goal threat compared to another player who's going to maybe help you get the ball into those those areas. And Beal said that he wants to play in and around the opposition penalty box. He wants to get more goal scorers in the pitch. So I, I think going forward, you know, he, he said himself after the game, it would have been Cholak and Morelos to start up top together. I don't know if that always is going to give you enough uh, pace in behind, um, I guess, the fullbacks who want to get them in, on the last line and, and runners from midfield and, and Kent and Tillman. Um, but maybe there is room for another striker to come in if, um, depending on how the, the, the old adage about Kima Roof, depending on whether um, Beal thinks he can get him back. And, and interestingly, another thing that kind of Beal's press conferences, there's so much, been so much in them that there's, I guess, lines or, or news stories that you, you miss if you don't watch the whole thing. And he was asked about the medical, uh, the, the injury list, and he said that. Uh, to, to summarise, he's coming and he said, don't give me back anyone before they're ready. I don't want to rush people back. And then they break down after a couple of weeks. So I think Kima Roof would definitely probably fit into to that boat. But um, yeah, the, the, maybe the demands of the type of player that Rangers are looking for um, will have altered uh, a little bit um, because of, as I say, the change in style. Because I, I definitely think that in most games, maybe not away from home, it'll be interesting to see what he does tomorrow. But I think in most games, you're yeah. going to see two goal scorers in that front line alongside uh, Ken. Yeah, just touching on Rondon, a good friend of the show, Jamie Brown, gets in touch. Seen lots of Rondon at Everton. His legs have gone, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, but that was a, an interesting suggestion there. Uh, Connor Fleming says, have you guys heard anything on Bacchus from Australia? So the St Mirren midfielder, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I heard actually uh, Rennie Mullenstein, if, uh, I think that the assistant coach there, saying that uh, Rangers and Celtic should be looking at this boy. I can't say I've seen much of him, Joshua. Have you seen anything of him that, that would excite you about uh Making a move for him, I've seen it obviously just in, in the World Cup, yeah, World Cup, but some domestic games. Um, I mean, but Rangers do need, I think, regardless of what managers and they need more legs in that midfield, yeah, because you look at Ryan Jack, um, who you know can has broken down with injury a, a number of times, and um, you've got Lundstrom and Kamara in there who are dependable, Stephen Davis, who came on to kind of control the game. Uh, back and roll, I think, suits him, you know, under Van Bronckhorst at times he was running beyond the striker. Um, so it was, it was good to see him back at the base of midfield. I, I think he'll be an impact sub, but an impact sub to try and see out games and, and slow down games and, and add an extra body in midfield for Rangers if they do just start with, with two deeper midfielders. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think a central midfielder has to be the priority in, in, in either the summer or, or the... Or the January window. We yeah. know the January window isn't always the ideal time to get players in, especially if you're bringing them in towards the end of end of play. We've seen that with Diallo and Ramsey last year. I mean, Ahmed Diallo is absolutely ripping up the championship for something. There's been one yeah. of their best players. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can talk about that another day, Derek. But, um, yeah, a sense midfielder for me in there. I think you see with Adam Devine, he's ready to push James Tavenier. You've got Barisic and, and Ruth Van on the left-hand side. Lawrence and Hadji coming back. So it does look start to look a bit bit more healthy, but you need to get through um this run of games, this run of festive games and, and be within touch yeah. and distance for the you know the big 
uh, semi-final, which is in January, and then obviously all the, the league games after the old firm um, following on from that. Yeah, uh, Derek Gray gets in touch about uh, Dave Fulton having been taken out by his boss for a, a cooked breakfast. He says, I've only seen my gaffer once in three years. No cooked breakfast for me. He can go weeks without speaking to him. Um, get it sorted out, uh, Derek Gray's gaffer. Come on, go and treat him for, to a, a cooked breakfast this uh, Christmas time. Come on. Um, and uh, Robert Bunny says, uh, t- in terms of talking about transfers, could yes. always try for Messi again. Uh, would you like to see uh, Lionel Messi uh, sign Joshua? I seen that on social media yesterday. There's, I can't remember who <laughs> put it out, but someone put uh, a kind of spoof piece. I think it was old firm facts. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it was class. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the rage that creates is uh, quite incredible. Yeah, because well, obviously, was it under McLeish? Messi was like, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what again? What a player! It was just, it was just an absolutely incredible game. So, um, yeah, but I, I will, I will put my hat out uh, there and say there, I do not think he's going to be. Um, <laughs> but I think there will be a few, a few signings. Um, Beal, there's been a lot of conversation about in the last year. You know, Ross Wilson speaking at the AGM was saying he doesn't sign players. There's been a lot of conversation about what the actual process is, who's in charge, who has the final say, and Rangers always say that it is the manager who has. The final say, but I guess different managers will have different levels of influence over what they want. Some managers, I think, will be happy to take a back seat and allow the recruitment to do their team and uh, to 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 ha- have a greater influence over who comes in. And I guess other managers will have more specific targets, which we know with Gerard, he had a few specific targets. One of them being uh, John Lundgren, for example, who he definitely wanted to bring into the club. So it'll be interesting to see who who Beal brings in, given his track record as well um, with young players. Yeah, but th- th- there's also play. You know, Alex Lowry is someone at the club who everyone wants to see get some game time, and and with two games in quick succession, um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't see a bit of game time in, in one of them. I think the system's absolutely perfect for him, so it'd be great to see him get some uh, game time in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Gavin Sloan gets in touch. Nice wee special there, Derek Classy, yeah, and then the the little Maradona little cup as well, which is uh, quite fitting uh, af- after after yesterday. Um, uh, some comments come in as well. Uh, I've seen uh, reports as, uh, this morning with regards to uh, Joe Bellingham. This is uh, Jude's uh, younger brother, uh, uh, Jack Joyce, make, makes the makes point. Um, I'm not sure uh, if there's any substance behind this. We'll, we'll try and find out, folks. Uh, of course, he's coming through at, at Birmingham. Uh, like Jude did as well. Highly rated there. Uh, Newcastle also apparently uh, sniffing about him. Uh, he's a, a midfielder, um, likes to play in forward uh, positions as well. So, uh, Listen, it's, it's it's good to see that, that, that Rangers uh, reportedly interested in, in young talents like this. If he's anywhere near as good as his, bro- as his brother Joshua, mm. then uh, that certainly will excite the supporters, wouldn't it? Because uh, Jude Bellingham is uh, what a player he is. No pressure if you're Jude Bellingham's yeah, brother. Yeah, 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 he's still yeah, only 19 yeah. as well. Um, yeah, no, I, I, as you say, that I'm not... It's incredible, I, I, isn't it? I hadn't even heard that rumour. Um, yeah, but Rangers. I mean, at the top of midfield, if you have Hadji and Lawrence coming back, I guess Lawrence will maybe be back fitter quicker than Hadji, depending on the because of how yeah. long Hadji's been out injured. Obviously, we don't know, but he he seems to be kind of around the corner from being uh, from from being back involved uh, with the main team. And and you've got Tillman in there in, in at the top midfield who. For for me, you know, it, well, he changed the game, didn't he? In, in, in midweek, not only have Rangers seemed to rectify their attack and corner game somewhat, which is promising, and I think it's really interesting the way that not only they're they're varying it, but they're playing to their only real strength because they don't have a lot of height. If you look at that team yeah. in midweek compared to Hibs playing with what three three centre backs, um, 
who, who all have height on them. Rangers don't have that. I don't think James Sands or, or John Lundstrom are particularly dominant in the, the opposition no. box. So you, you isolate your one dominant player, which is Tillman at the front post, uh, which was which was encouraging to see them uh, mixing it up a bit more. Um, but yeah, he he, I think he will be one of the big winners, as we've we've said a lot under. I think that will be his position at the top of midfield, maybe with with Lowry and Kent. If, if the Rangers are playing one striker, I'd like to see a Tillman, Lowry, and Kent in between yeah. and behind the the main number nine because you've got a lot of creativity in there. Yeah, uh, John Dooley gets in touch. He says uh, Tillman has got a, a brother who plays yeah. in the second Bundesliga. I never knew this, Joshua. Were you aware yeah. of this? Yeah, I'm, I can't remember his name. It's not like it's, it's quite an interesting first name. I'm going to go and find it out. But yeah, um, I do know that because when you type Tillman in on Y Scout, his brother comes up first. So interesting. Not, not through any of my own knowledge, John, just through second hand. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing that to uh, well, especially my attention, John. I'm going to uh, we'll do a, we'll a scouting piece on him now on, on get, get it on the website. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, yeah, so, uh, interesting to, to, to hear that. Um, question coming in here. Well, first of all, uh, Al C uh, mentions great article from Stevie yesterday, a, a real insight to his journey. Yeah, that's been uh, well received. Stevie Clifford's uh, piece uh, on the site. I'd urge you to go and uh, check it out, folks. It's uh, a Rangers fan's journey from the Ibrox stands to the press room. It charts as a his journey from uh, starting his blog, his four lads had a dream blog, um, to working, of course, with ourselves and following Rangers. Um, it really is a cracking read, so if you've got a bit of time, go and check it out. In fact, what I'll do is uh, I'll stick the, the link uh, to the article in the comment section right now so you can uh, go and uh, have a wee read uh, when you can. Um, Ian Lamb gets in touch. Morning, guys. I uh, hope everyone's feeling warmer since the thaw begun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aberdeen de- will Aberdeen deploy the same game plan against us? Uh, I think he, he's suggesting as to what they did uh, against uh, the other team at the weekend, uh, Joshua. Um, almost came off for them, uh, as we mentioned. Uh, Jim Goodwin is a pretty defensive coach. I don't think, in terms of the the XG, uh, when he brought his St Mirren's team to Ibrox, I think it was one of the lowest ever. And then he brought Aberdeen last season and it was one of the lowest uh, also. Uh, and based on the fact that they, they, they fell to a heavy defeat, Ibrox last time out, do you think, though, though I know they're at home and, and the Aberdeen supporters will want them yeah. to have a go, but can you see them doing that, coming out at Rangers? I think if you're Jim Goodwin and you've got Celtic and Rangers coming within three days and you sit back and invite pressure to that extent on both, you'd struggle to sell that to the fans. I, I would expect yeah. him to come out a little bit more um, and and, and uh, be in uh, Rangers' faces. Um, again, I, particularly because Beal's just come in and although he has, he's had that time on the training ground, he said himself after in the press conference after the game on Thursday, kind of just acknowledging Beal how much work there is to do. Um, amongst again a number of other interesting comments, he, he said maybe I, I fired the players up too much, which was uh, just an yeah. interesting little yeah. um, extra point there as well. Uh, you know, both teams have played um, in in the few days leading up to the game. I, I think it'll be a little bit more end to end, and that might suit Rangers. You know, under Beal and Gerrard in the past, um, and in Pataudry, maybe not so much, but Tynecastle away in particular, I always think of those games being a little bit of a battle and Rangers maybe not being able to play um, in the the exact style they'd hoped for. So it'll be interesting to see, because away from home under Van Bronckhorst, the numbers, we did a few pieces on that, the numbers just kind of dipped off altogether. So much more of a reliance on long balls to get over the midfield and playing directly. If you think of that Motherwell 2-1 win away from home, which was just a terrible game of football, obviously. The Tillman goal. Yeah, Tillman goal and, and a rare corner goal as well. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think yeah, this is this is a probably as outside of uh, an old firm game. This is as tough a game probably yeah. as you have in the Scottish Premiership going up to uh, Petardry. If, if you're Michael Beale, so yeah, we'll look forward to speak speaking to the manager later about that game, getting his his thoughts on it. But I'm sure they're they're looking forward to it, especially if they have as as we said, there are a few extra players to come back in, notably uh, Connor Goldson as well, and just yeah. make them a little bit more solid going into that away tie. Yeah, definitely. Um, just a reminder, folks, before we, we wrap up, uh, what you can find on the website this morning is a great interview that Ian King has done with uh, Alex McLeish, the, the second of a two-part interview with the former Rangers boss. Uh, he touches on uh, the Mikel Arteta lessons uh, from the past. Um, very interesting read um, from his time as Rangers manager. I do urge you to go and check it out. And uh, What we'll do is I'll stick the link in uh, in the comments section as well with that piece. Um, uh, and also Stevie's bit on there. As I mentioned earlier on, there's a Michael Beale press conference this afternoon. Um, so you, you can hear uh, and uh, read all the reaction to that on the website and on our social media channels as well. We'll hopefully get uh, a bit of a, an injury uh, clear up and update uh, on who is uh, in contention for the match tomorrow night. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow for a, a big look ahead to the, the game at Pataudry. Um, but thanks very much to Joshua and to everyone with uh, interacting with the programme. Just a reminder, if you want to take advantage of the Christmas offer, just a pound for two months worth of content head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details and um, we'll be back again tomorrow but until then keep warm enjoy the rest of your monday <laughs>